if we thought the Soviets were spending money on research into it, then I guarantee you that we also did. Mm-hmm. And we also made sure that they knew because we wanted to drive that spending, whether we thought there was any merit to the possibility or not. You know what I mean? Because oh, we, yeah. we had the money. Yeah. Oh, oh 100%. <laughs> um, and, and it's so funny because it doesn't matter, you know, whatever cockamamie theory the enemy at the time, right? Because they were our enemy and that's how we looked at them. Um, whatever they did, they could come up with some fucking crazy hatch idea. I guarantee you our government's going to come back and go, oh, are you seeing what they're doing over there? God damn it. We got to do like there's no common sense with shit like this. Yeah, it's it like just, they might be fucking with us, but what if they're not? But what if they're not? Yep. <laughs> and welcome everybody to strange uncles i'm shane yeah i'm josh hey what's going on man oh living the dream life i hope it's not my dream because it's turning into a slow soothing nightmare Uh, oh i mean it's that i don't know if it's (laughs) the exact one you're having but Oh, probably not. You know, there's many out there to choose from, I'm sure. So, yeah, there's, there's that. <laughs> so, anyway, that's cool. Welcome, everybody. Strange Uncles. Um, again, season eight, you know, if you missed the first one, uh, it was really just us kind of shooting the shit and catching up. Um, but on this one, we do actually have a pretty fun topic. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have anything to add before we kind of get into it. I mean, you know, life is still, uh, you know, the world's still doing the, the weird shit between uh, the election and everything else that's unfolding. It's um, it's a sight to see. I'll be honest with you. So. Uh, yeah, you know, like, I mean, you and I are both of a certain generation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, grew up during the Cold War and shit, and I don't remember things being this fucking nuts when I, I was a kid. I don't either, you know? dude. Maybe it was because I was a Montana and sheltered a bit, but I... Yeah, I, it's fucking crazy. I, I can't. It, it just like some of the shit that comes out of the news media. It's like, well, really? That's news. I mean, like it's it, it's like things are normal when they fucking never used to be normal. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's weird that like most of your uh, top politicians back when we were kids were pretty much drunk all the time, and <laughs> the-, the world seemed like less on the brink of falling apart than it does now destruction like every single day nowadays you know? yeah not that there wasn't a i not that there wasn't a lot of fucked up shit happening back then but i guess maybe we just didn't know about as much of it maybe i mean you know and i remember i know we talked about this i think on one episode particularly because we were talking about like cold war and i think cia stuff like that but uh yeah i, I do remember the whole atomic scare you know like i was fucking petrified that bombs were gonna drop you know, and, and of course, you know, dad didn't help because he was like, oh, yeah, there's missiles buried in the ground all over Montana. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, oh, they're just right over there. Yeah, yeah, they're in our backyard. We said it was OK. And so that probably didn't help the scare at all in my paranoia at like 12 years old. But uh, yeah, what are you what are you yeah. going to do? I'm less afraid of like a nuclear exchange, but like everything outside of that seems a lot less, a lot m- less, a lot more uncertain. I yes, guess. I agreed, but, and, and yeah. I think it's uh, a lot more solidified than I think it was in the past. If that makes sense, right? I, yeah, I know, you know. I also think what it comes down to is uh, the internet. Hello, internet people has rotted pretty much everybody's fucking brains. Oh my god! I you know, and I remember having this argument with my kid when he was like twelve, and that was fucking thirteen years ago. You know, oh, the internet said. Dude, no. The Slender Man is an urban myth. It does not exist. <laughs> no, but Dad, you don't understand. I watched a video. He's out there. Um, and it's just gotten tenfold worse from that. Oh, I mean, on. even just from like a civil discourse kind of kind of perspective. You know what I mean? Like, just people's brains are rotten now. Like you say shit oh, you yeah. never would have said to anybody a long time ago. God damn. We're old men yelling at clouds again. Anyway, (laughs) get off my lawn. (laughs) Let's talk about some conspiracy theories that may or may not be real. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So actually (laughs) way to segue. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. And I know that we've had an episode. We were kind of chatting about this offline a bit. I know we talked about some, uh, dastardly things that the CIA was involved in and shit like that. And there's a sprinkle of that in here, but we never really, so conspiracy theories, we love. I mean, we we really do here, but on the fence with them, mainly on the fence because you know most of these conspiracy theories, and I guess it kind of leads in our conversation we were just having 
um, that conspiracy theories can hurt and they lead to some dangerous ideas and they lead to certain people who just don't really have a mind of their own to sometimes um, have action on those theories. It's scary, you know. They're they're a great bit of propaganda to use to uh, demonize uh, and other certain segments of the population, which is, you know, a great way to to, uh, gin up a population for genocide, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, 100%, 100%. But, you know, so there's that out there, and and there's a lot of that. So a lot of times, you know, and and I'll be honest with you, I've gotten emails, quite a few actually, well, how come you guys don't talk about 9-11? Well, because we don't want to talk about 9-11, because I don't want to talk about 9-11. I mean, you know, we can have our own theories about it, but, you know, it's a good example of just how dangerous that shit can be, you know? Well, so. it's like, uh, it's it, a lot of it starts off um, kind of benign, you know, mm-hmm. but it, but it's like a funnel that just gets you deeper and deeper and deeper, and the next thing you yeah. know, like, you're talking about lizard people and fucking... You know, trying to yeah, to yeah. storm a pizza parlor or some shit. Like <laughs> a pizza guy. Well, and that's, again, great segue, Josh, because that leads us to, you know, not all conspiracy theories are dangerous. Yeah, there's quite a few out there. But there's some that are just fucking fun. They're fun to talk about. They're fun to look at. There's different versions of them that spin off from one. I mean, whoever invents these things really has a lot of time on their hands. I'll be honest with you, because there's some new ones out there that I'm like, Holy shit! What? We, well, we covered um, that Area Fifty One with the sphere and the cube and all that shit. Oh and, yeah, and yeah. it had that whole Donald Trump time traveling QAnon wrapped up into it. I'm like, oh my god, really? It <laughs> it just amazes me. It, like an interesting thing about just the ecosystem of conspiracy theories in general, I think is is how that happens, right? So like mm-hmm. that particular thing with ah, fuck, it was like basically a device that let people see the future pretty much right yeah yeah like like stargate atlantis kind of right yeah 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 but like a lot of theories about shit like that conspiracies about shit like that have been around forever and and they just get wrapped up into these new Mm all-encompassing theories like QAnon and and shit like that you know and that's that's how some of this pretty benign shit can really easily lead to some more dangerous stuff you know it it can absolutely it's really interesting how that happens how like it's almost it's almost like religions, right? Like how uh, the early Catholic Church basically assimilated all the all the pagan holidays and festivals into yeah. their shit to like get yeah. people to come to church, right? Yeah. Like you can keep this part of it as long as you say that our corpse god is number one mm-hmm. uh, because <laughs> you know we need your asses in the seat, we need your political power, and we need your money. Exactly, uh, yeah. and like uh conspiracy theories happen a lot like that too where they just kind of like start hoovering up other things and that's why especially when you get to one that's as sprawling and vast as QAnon, like a lot of times it contradicts itself you know no absolutely and and that's the whole thing i mean i i think uh you know when it comes to that they they do really get compounded but and and what's funny is that there's a lot of and what we're going to cover tonight we're going to quit beating around the bush a bit but there's a lot of conspiracy theories that uh to josh's point when he introduced are true or damn close to true and there's a lot of conspiracy theories as you can imagine that concerns the government and concerns everything else and it's fucking crazy so that's kind of what this episode is about and uh yeah without further ado man um i guess we can go ahead and open the gates And we are going to start with a fun one only because, you know, everybody's heard of it. But, uh, you know, maybe you haven't heard of the different things involved with it. And that, sir, will be Roswell, right? I mean, name rings a bell. We we all are veterans <laughs> of the whole fucking Roswell stories yeah. and all the. I mean, I don't know. know if we've ever dedicated a whole episode to this, but I know we've talked about it. Oh, a yeah. million times. Oh, you know what I it's, mean? It's insane. Well, and I read a really good book, by the way, The Day After Roswell. If anybody uh, wants to check it out, um, again, Day After Roswell. It's really good. It was written by a current retired colonel, I think. Um, yeah. Anyway, you know, more to come. But we're going to start there. So uh, <laughs> here we go. So it wasn't a weather balloon that crashed in Roswell, New Mexico, right? 1947, the Army Air Forces, uh, they announced that a mysterious object that a crash in the desert outside Roswell, New Mexico, was not a flying saucer, but in fact, a weather balloon, we think. Uh, 
Uh, this is a whole spin on this story because that was it. That's what they broadcast. They had the guy with the picture with the little tinfoil Marlar balloon or whatever the hell it was to try to debunk it. But the Roswell incident has been repeatedly dismissed by the Defense Department as nothing more than UFO fantasies triggered by the discovery of a Dan Weatherbloom, which many of us have seen the alleged photos, just like I was talking about, um, as well as the theory around it. But there's more on it. So as it may have turned out, there was a cover-up. What had crashed in the desert wasn't a weather balloon, but it wasn't a UFO either. Instead, it was allegedly, and we're going to throw that word out here and uh, sprinkle it amongst this episode as we go through, yeah. um, a balloon from Project Mogul, a Cold War attempt to spy on Soviet nuclear weapons development that used balloon-borne acoustic detection. So... There's more to explain with this, this whole Project Mogul thing. Uh, the cover-up came to light in the early 1990s after a New Mexico representative had asked the general accounting office to pressure the Pentagon into actually declassifying documents related to Roswell. According to the New York Times, uh, that led to an Air Force report on the subject, which was released in 1994. So it concluded that the Roswell find was most likely from one of the Mogul balloons that had not been previously recovered. So according to a journal maintained by one of the people working on Project Mogul in uh, New Mexico, one of the balloons launched in June of 1947 was never recovered after its mission. That's actually in the in the logbook when they brought everything back. Um, the Air Force report convenient. Cons- yeah, exactly right. The Air Force report considered it probable that it was this balloon battered by surface winds that landed on a ranch in 1947, Roswell. Um, also, according to the report, Air Force research efforts did not disclose any records of the recovery of any alien. Bodies or extraterrestrial materials. So there may be some um, truth to the whole weather balloon thing in a weird sort of way. Um, the report also speculated that the weather balloon story could have been chosen as official line, either because the relevant authorities thought it was a weather balloon or perhaps because they knew of the highly classified Project Mogul and were trying to cover it up. Uh, the military would not uh, have wanted its spy activities or technology to come to light. Duh, right? So even UFOs would have been a better option than the truth, which is actually true, which is true to this day. Um, a quick side note on this whole thing. There's another spinoff theory of Roswell uh, that has had grown legs throughout the throughout the day, and it does actually involve the Soviet Union as well. Um, if Roswell did happen and there were actually aliens that crash landed, there is a theory that the Soviet Union actually planted deformed children into an experimental craft, and that is what was recovered as far as bodies go. Uh, again, another theory, there's about 10 of them that web off of Roswell. Uh, but that's interesting that they loaded up um, D4 kids, maybe, and that that was the bodies they recovered, if there were bodies to recover. Uh, not a perfect science on this thing, right? But, well, it, you know. it's funny because there's also a theory that is basically the flip side of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, where they're saying this happened where like the quote-unquote alien bodies that were recovered were children. Uh, but it was the Air Force and the predecessor of NASA that were behind it. Uh, I think it was the NSC, the National Space Council, or something like that oh, was okay. what the predecessor to NASA was. Anyway, uh, basically some Nazi they brought over in Operation Paperclip was kidnapping feral, abandoned, uh, orphaned children. There were a ton of them roaming around right after World War II. Oh, shit. Um, they were kidnapping these kids um, <laughs> and sending them up in these things uh, – to see basically what the effects of the upper atmosphere would be on the body. Um, so like fucking crazy. Yeah. So that's why, like, why, like why the bodies were small and all fucked up was because they sent them up in what were basically hyperbaric chambers. You know what I mean? Like, like they sent them up in these balloons way up into the upper atmosphere. The, the things weren't pressurized. So they were getting frozen fucking, possibly like soft tissue rupturing like all sorts of fucked up shit right and uh that i think was the theory behind the show that i don't know if it ever came out but the show that uh the somewhere in the skies guy was working on Mm -hmm. for like the cw like five or six years Oh, really oh i didn't know that yeah um i i can't remember who wrote a book about it, but somebody actually wrote a book behind this theory and, and like it, it sounded really plausible, especially when you consider that the, 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 some of the experiments that uh, they were running at, I want to say Auschwitz. Um, Mm. But for sure, at least one concentration camp, they were running similar experiments, but on the ground with like a hyperbaric chamber where they were 
we're basically seeing what happened to the human body in those conditions oh, there too. Jesus so. Christ almighty. So Ugh. it, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's fun, a thing. Good time. <laughs> um, and another fun thing with this particular con- conspiracy theory with Roswell that we're probably going to be coming back to throughout this mm-hmm. is where it gets pretty feasibly proved, like resolved, right? Okay. One way or another. Um, and people just fucking ignore it, right? Right. Uh, with Roswell, it's a little more complicated because the Air Force has changed their story about what happened officially like three or four times now. Yeah, about um, four times so, over. Yep. So that does make it hard to say, well, no, we know what really happened and it was this and everyone wants to ignore it. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. uh, but there are other things uh, like flight uh, MH370 and, you know, uh, some, some conspiracy sp- – conspiracy theories that have been like resolved as to what really actually happened and, and people just like ignore that bit of it because the theory is just so much fun right right know? convenience right you know yeah, yeah. yeah this is cool we'll take this portion but we'll take this portion and we'll ignore it and so well and that's another thing about conspiracy theory that's why they're so unique right because you can do that you can compartmentalize absolutely any fucking theory you want to and start spinning it i mean why not you know yeah yeah, and and also to add too, and we'll jump on to the next one here. But you know, we're we're not pointing a finger at the Soviet Union or to, look, our country is doing bullshit too back in the day, and not were they still are. But I mean, literally, like giving you know venereal diseases to a group of class of people on purpose, and yeah, just like shit. No, you know, it, there's no innocence anywhere here. So it's hard to just dismiss any random conspiracy theory out of hand when you look at like what we actually know for fucking sure. Right, right. happened. <laughs> fucking 100 percent dude anyway fucking crazy um but we'll move on to the next one the next one kind of you know has something to do with uh, air too i guess to a certain point um so we asked the listeners here uh did american science actually militarize the weather eh, come to find out i think we might have so we covered the heart project in either uh season one or season two you know i can't remember somewhere around there yeah, it was a while ago. Pre-pandemic, I believe. Yeah, I think so, yeah. In the before times. In the, pre-pandemic, in the PP, in the PP times. Uh, but here's another spin on something kind of similar. As part of their two, uh, 2014 book, Americans' Conspiracy Theories, uh, good book, by the way, I read it, uh, Joseph Yusinski and Joseph Parent trawled through thousands and thousands of letters to the editors for over a century of newspapers to determine which ones had a conspiratorial slant to them. Uh, the letters either proposed a conspiracy or argued against a conspiracy that seemed to be in the air at the time. Uh, they found writers proposing or debunking conspirators as diverse as the Boers, um, conservationists, uh, both Theodore and Franklin Delano Roosevelt, and even the Prime Minister of Malta, mind you. One of the letters they discuss in a 1958 comment about American scientists trying to find a method for controlling the weather. In the 1950s, controlling the weather was a major topic of discussion. Come to find out, there were congressional hearings and articles in major publications about how such a thing might be possible. Uh, in 1963, Fidel Castro, we all know that guy, right, um, accused the United States of weaponizing Hurricane Flora, which killed at least 1,000 people in Cuba. According to an article found from 1958, American scientists worried that the Russians may be ahead of us in weather control. So we were in competition and we knew we were. Um, and maybe not just Russia. There might have been other countries too, but back in the day, that was the big, you know, the the big bully that we were fighting, right? Uh, public uh, publicly, weather modification was moving merrily along, and the threat of weather uh, warfare was being downplayed. One expert during this time reassured a Senate Select Committee, "Quote: I would like." to emphasize again that I consider it highly improbable that advances in the science of weather modification will make possible any extensive use of weather warfare, unquote. Uh, The expert cautioned that it couldn't be completely ruled out, however, and said more research was needed. So he didn't say there was, but he didn't say there wasn't, right? So playing that game. Yeah, typical. Typical, yeah. Years later, rumors began emerging of weather warfare in the Vietnam War, with the 1972 article saying... For the past year, rumors and speculation, along with occasional bits of circumstantial evidence, have accumulated in Washington to the fact that the military has tried to increase rainfall in Indochina to hinder enemy infiltration into South Vietnam. Unquote. 
So there's that. But Nixon Secretary of Defense, Melvin Laird. Melvin, God, I want to name my kid that so bad. I was just looking at Laird. <laughs> yeah, that too, right? It's fucking Melvin. I, yeah, he never got fucking made fun of in school. Uh, anyway, he told the senator, quote, we have never engaged in that type of activity over North Vietnam, unquote. Very, very uh, specific, right? Right. So, it didn't take long for people to put two and two together that this was not a denial of the potential activity in Laos, Cambodia, or South Vietnam. While the senator didn't follow up with Vietnam, uh, oh, sorry. While the senator didn't follow up with Laird, reporters asked a Pentagon spokesperson who also denied rainmaking over North Vietnam. But when pressed about other regions, the spokesperson responded, "I can't enlarge on that." Very simple, <laughs> very very plain spoken there, right? Uh, In 1974, they were forced to. That year, the government admitted to attempting to make it rain to slow down movement along the Ho Chi Minh Trail, and Laird apologized for misleading Congress, saying that he had never approved the efforts. The New York Times also reported he wrote a 1974 letter to a subcommittee saying, contrary to his earlier denials, he had just been informed, which, again, Complete fucking cop out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Such activities were conducted over North Vietnam in 1967 and again in 1968. So he played the, you know, see no evil, hear no evil type thing. Well, I didn't. Yeah, the classic uh, can neither confirm nor deny. Yep. yep. Um, The the funny thing, and this is going to come up again later, I'm sure, is that if we thought the Soviets were spending money on research into it, then I guarantee you that. We also did, mm-hmm. and we also made sure that they knew because we wanted to drive that spending, whether we thought there was any merit to the possibility or not. You know what I mean? Because oh, we knew yeah. we had the money. Yeah. Oh, oh 100%. <laughs> and, and it's so funny because it doesn't matter, you know, whatever cockamamie theory the enemy at the time, right? Because they were our enemy, and that's how we looked at them. Um, whatever they did, they could come up with some fucking crazy hatch idea. I guarantee you our government's going to come back and go, oh, are you seeing what they're doing over there? God damn it. We got to do – like there's no common sense with shit like this. Yeah, it's it like just, they might be fucking with us, but what if they're not? But what if they're not? Yep. that's Also, also we can fuck with too. them right back. <laughs> Oh, my God. Uh, dude, and a wild thing, too, is that uh, this was also for sure done in San Diego around the turn of the century. Um, uh, mm. It wasn't done by the federal government, but by, I think, the city government. Um, if I remember right, there were they were, like, in a drought, and they were trying super hard to break it. And this guy came along and claimed he could make it rain. Um, and I think through cloud seeding, like, very early cloud seeding, because this would have been right around the turn of, like, well, it would have been the early night. 20th century if he was flying a plane in cloud seating uh-huh. um but uh <laughs> he was so successful that it caused a flood um, oh shit really yeah. i never heard that story. uh ridiculous history did a episode on it in their first season i think yeah yeah um but yeah it was like whoops <laughs> it it was it was super dramatic like shit from that time would be you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. but yeah that's fucking uh, funny but yeah it has been done has been done. well, it is still is being done. I mean, look, China seed clouded or cloud seed or whatever for the Olympics one year, you know, so it would snow. Yeah, more. trying to clear out the yeah. the pollution yeah. too. It's funny when you say that about that guy in uh, what was it, California? You said that was doing that. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I picture. Remember that Simpsons episode where that fucking carpet beggar comes into town trying to sell him the the railway in the in monorail, the, the monorail, that's, the monorail episode. I fucking picture that's the guy with his little fucking outfit on. Oh, I can do this for you. Oh fuck, too funny. Yeah, uh, it's, yeah. It sounded a lot like that. <laughs> I'm sure it did. Anyway, moving on. Um, and this one, you know, we weren't. This is a no brainer for us because we're just weirdos, but. Um, the U.S. government was, as far as investigating UFOs, again, you know, kind of a no-brainer. But there's some things around it, and we did want to cover it because it is interesting. You know? So, again, kind of a no-brainer, uh, but we're going to go through it. So what could be a more definitive conspiracy theory right, than the U.S. government spending millions of dollars, if not billions, on UFO research? As Washington Post's uh, Cleaver R. Woodson Jr. put it in 2017, uh, for decades, Americans were told that Area 51 didn't really exist and that the U.S. government had no official interest in aliens or UFOs. Statements to the contrary, official-sounding people cautioned, <laughs> were probably the musings of crackpots and tinfoil hats, unquote, 
which, you know, misdirection, I guess, is what that sounds like a bit. But according to Albert Greco in his 2004 book, Conspiracy 101, Beginning to be Crazy, which I haven't read, but it sounds fun, uh, the Air Force and then the CIA had been actively investigating UFOs at taxpayer expense since the late 1940s, which, which we know this, right, for the most part. Yeah. Uh, Greco also noted, with more than a little sarcasm, that the 1950s were filled with more government investigations into easily explainable, totally natural, anything but alien events. Uh, According to the government, there was no validity to these reports of UFOs, but they were going to continue to spend millions of American tax dollars to to investigate them anyway. Because why not, right? We we yeah. got the mail. It's taxpayers' money. Fuck it. You know, do whatever you want well, to with it. You know, and I mean, it also comes back to my favorite thing about American capitalism: the good old military-industrial complex, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. where you know, like, there's so much money in there that it doesn't matter. Right. Exactly. <laughs> just gonna spend it. Exactly. Oh, Jesus. Uh, in 2017, conspiracy theorists got official confirmation from the government was, in fact, looking into UFOs, or at least it had been for quite some time. That year, the Pentagon confirmed the existence of the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, which we've discussed, better known as ATIP. Uh, we've had it on, you know, we've been back and forth with it, you know, throughout the, the seasons on this show for yeah. sure. Uh, the New York Times reported that it was a $22 million program with a 600, wait for it, billion dollar budget. $600 billion. With a B. With a B. Big B there. Uh, started at the behest of then Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid in 2007, which we all know Harry Reid. Yeah, go figure. The program was reportedly shut down in 2012, um, though the New York Times says that some officials have worked on it on the side since, and we know that this to be true because we absolutely do know that there's some form of a tip still existing within whatever that looks like. Right? You mean aside from like the obvious like arrow? Yeah, right. Yeah, that would be a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Elizondo and all this other shit, it just, it's fucking crazy. Um, According to the New York Times, the purpose of the program was collecting and analyzing a wide range of anomalous aerospace threats ranging from advanced aircraft fielded by traditional U.S. adversaries to commercial drones to possible alien encounters. Experts were quick to discount the little green men were part of the UFO research. Former space shuttle engineer James E. Oberg stated, there are plenty of Prozac events and human perceptual traits that can account for these stories. Lots of people are active in the air and don't want others to know about it. They are happy to lurk unrecognized in the noise or even to stir it up as camouflage, unquote. Uh, quite, a, quite a little uh, statement there. Yeah. Way to mince words, Mr. Oberg. Way to mince words. Um, we now know that this program is legit. Obviously, although how much time and money were or really still is funneled into the program is absolutely unknown. Um, but again, even the money that was reported, the $22 million, that's a chunk of change. And, and let's not yeah. even count, you know, Blue Book and all this other shit, you know, throughout the decades. I mean, my God, you know. Yeah, so. it's it's cool that at least publicly it seems like they've come around to not exclusively trying to pretend that, A, they're not doing it. That if they are doing it, it's just because everybody's kooky and crazy and like none of this is real. Right. And they're just out to prove that everything's safe and boring. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. that they're that they're acknowledging publicly that they don't know what a lot of it is and that it could be a threat. Um which and and then you got to go back and forth on that too, because are they acknowledging Mm -hmm. it and saying it could be a threat just to drive defense spending or Do they really think that? Yeah, I mean, there's <laughs> you know? no, there's no winning at, at the end of the day with it because you know they're going to spin it up however they're going to spin it up to prove their point, no matter what that point looks like. It's fucking yeah, it yeah, and then and then you get all the other stuff that comes out of uh, out of this too, like all the like breakaway civilization, secret space program kind of oh, stuff too, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and 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 it makes me think of another tenet of conspiracy theories that uh, that goes along with people ignoring when when something gets resolved. Uh, mm-hmm. pretty pretty nicely and they're just like nope keeping my conspiracy uh is also <laughs> how when something gets repeated <laughs> enough like yeah, yeah. i was thinking about it when you were talking about the little green green men part and like potential meetings with aliens and here's like the eisenhower or nixon meeting with aliens and yeah, com- yeah. coming out with some treaty and stuff like something that's never really ever been substantiated but has been re- repeated so many fucking times that everyone in the community just kind of accepts it as true. That, as a that's thing a good that really point. happened. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good. It's funny because it's like, well, it's a lot like faith. And you brought that up earlier. You know, it's like a security blanket for a lot of people. You know, they hold their conspiracy theory so dear to their, you know, I mean, how many times does Valiant Thor pop up still in in your fucking weird news feed? I I know mine at least, you know, once a month. He's still fucking. And if you have, anybody wants to know who Valiant Thor is, email us and we'll fucking cover that episode. Maybe I. I, um, <laughs> I think we should just for fun. I but, think we should. It's crazy. It's fucking. But crazy. like, but that's like a good one. Is like, we know at this point that like none of that shit was real, or at least it was not. Maybe not. None of it was real. Isn't the right way to do it, but uh, to say it. But you, you know what I mean. Like, yeah, we, yeah, we, yeah you think that even people in the community at this point don't believe it anymore, but it still pops its head up every once in a while. And when you like see it on like UFO Twitter or something and you, and you look at the thread there, like a million people being like, fuck yeah. It's talking to Valiant Thor the other day myself and he's doing great. And he told me that the space brothers are coming back and all this stuff. And it's like, what the fuck? I got to I got to admit though, dude, if if you're, (laughs) if you're going to pick a name, Holy shit, Valiant Thor is like that's rock and roll right there. Oh, yeah. I mean, holy, I should have named my kid that if I would have got away with it. My <laughs> wife would have killed me, but nah, whatever. So, um, we're going to take a quick break and we will be back. Stand by. Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality. Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, and we're back. Um, Moving on. This one's kind of fun, and I'll be honest with you, Josh, I didn't even this never crossed my mind or my pathway so uh, that was kind of interesting so we we threw it on here uh, magnetic materials and money can be used to determine the number of bills a person is carrying ah fun one right so yeah we're gonna reference something real quick um just because it's fun we're gonna reference x files for this one uh so, so bear with us so for those of you who know the show the lone gunman from tv's x files might be pop culture they had most... their own spinoff series which was great oh yeah well that's right i i god i forgot about that was that a good show i don't think i ever watched that yeah it was it was like more kooky and campy than the x files but was it? it was because okay. it was centered on them and their weird dumb shit but there yeah, was yeah. a lot of crossover and and stuff it was just it was a fun conspiracy theory show was it oh you know? uh, yeah yeah there's uh, always i always like a good fun conspiracy theory show for sure you know makes me warm and fuzzy yeah so back when that was a thing <laughs> yeah right exactly anyway um but this might pop up to, to be culture's most famous conspiracy theorist in the season one episode ebe Lone gunman John Fitzgerald Byers tells Mueller and Scully about a dark network, a government within a government controlling our every move. The proof, <laughs> he says, uh, yeah, right, isn't that? I, I, doesn't even make sense. That can't exist. The proof, he says, can be found in a $20 bill. He takes one from Scully and he rips it up, revealing the anti counterfeiting strip. Uh, in, I'm quoting the show here this season. Uh, this is from this John Fitzgerald character. Uh, he says, they use this magnetic strip to track you. Whenever you go through a metal detector at an airport, they know exactly how much you're carrying. Of course, Scully poo-pooed it, Mulder believed it, you know, and the, and the episode went on. Well, of course. She's a skeptic and he believes everything. Uh, exactly, yeah, which is what made that. So, oh, the reboot next files, by the way. Again? Yeah, I guess. I, I don't know. It's got Chris Carter's buy-in, but he's not going to be tied to it. So I'm like... Well, wait a minute. It can't be X-Files without Chris Carter. Oh, but anyway. Well, I mean, like, even when they brought it back for that, like, limited season a few years ago, like, I got bored so fucking fast. I know. It's it's not the same as old shit for sure. But uh, anyway, not to get sidetracked, folks. Sorry. Um, Snopes has debunked this story, saying that according to rumors, the security threat is to allow the government to know exactly how much money anyone is carrying at any particular moment. The rumor is complete bullshit. The strip's sole purpose is the foiling of counterfeiters, which still doesn't work today because they're ahead of technology. But while that last yep. statement is likely true, there's also evidence that the lone gunman maybe kind of had a point. So check this shit out. In 2011, uh, Christopher Fuller and Antoine Chen, both of the University of Washington, released a study called Induction Detection of Concealed Bulk Banknotes. 
They could have shortened that shit up a little bit, but eh, whatever. <laughs> um, they reason that because American currency has magnetic materials, it should be possible to detect how much money someone was carrying on them. According to a 2012 article, the physicist found an ordinary handheld metal detector was able to pick up a dollar bill from three centimeters away, and placing the notes behind plastic, cardboard, and cloth did little to block the signal. Adding further bills in the $5 increments increased the strength of the signal, making it possible to count the number of bills. Though they do caution that denominations couldn't be determined from this technique, right? Um, according to Journal New Scientist, uh, large bundles of notes would contain enough magnetic material to be detected at a distance, potentially allowing police to catch people attempting to smuggle cash over the border. So, some truth in there, according to this research that was done in 2011-2012. There you go. That's crazy. I'd never heard of that one. Um, but also, like, hmm, am I carrying $10 or a 1000 <laughs> No, Josh, I can <laughs> tell you right now, I've got my, my uh, magnet. You're carrying a buck twenty-five. I can tell. I'm just saying. Yeah. It's not an exact or science. Is it $100.25? Oh, touche, sir. Touche. It's just one bill. You don't know. Yeah, right. Sure. <laughs> so anyway, but that was a fun one. Um, and then moving on to other, I guess maybe this isn't so fun. I think it's fun, but this can be more damaging than anything. It's kind of sad, but yeah, here we go. Uh, the yeah. government spent millions of and years of study into mind control, right? Again, we've covered some of this, and, and we'll cover mind it in this right control. You don't say. Uh, who doesn't want a good telepathic ray gun, right? Well, the U.S. Army does, evidently. It's CIA already, certainly does. <laughs> CIA certainly fucking does. It's already researched a device that could beam words into your skull. Holy shit. According to a 1998 report, bioeffects of selected non-lethal weapons. Again, shorten this shit up, guys. It's just too much to put on a paper. Um, the report says that with the help of special microwaves, this technology could be developed to the point where words could be transmitted to be heard like the spoken word except that it could only be heard within a person's head. Uh, I have this That's happen all the up. time, but whatever. Uh, the device could communicate with hostages and could facilitate a private message transmission. In 2002, the Air Force Research Laboratory patented a similar microwave device. Uh, Representative Dennis Kucinich uh, seemed concerned because one year earlier, he proposed the Space Preservation Act, which called for a ban of all psychotronic weapons. That's just a core word, psychotronic. I dig that. Yeah. Um, sadly, it didn't pass. But wait, there's more on this whole bullshit. So the CIA's massive mind control experiment, Project MK Ultra, remains a pet project of paranoid people everywhere. And we Dude, also cover that too. Holy shit. Fucking massive is an understatement. We could oh, do Oh my god. We could do a fucking week's worth of episodes on that and it, probably still insane. just be cr scratching it, the surface. Oh, no, I was going to say, I think what we did was was literally just tip of the iceberg, right? I mean, the the work and the money and the people's lives that went into it and literally stealing homeless uh, kids, runaway kids yeah. off the streets, you know. And and again, oh. it goes back to the whole, it's hard to say it's hard to poo-poo any of this shit when you look at what actually for sure provably yeah. happened. Yeah, no, it is. It's, it's fucking sad more than anything. Uh, beginning in early 1950s, the CIA started uh, asking strange questions in memos like, can we get control of an individual to the point where he would do our bidding against his will and even against fundamental laws of nature such as self-preservation? Uh, in April 1953, the CIA decided to find that out. The agency wanted to develop drugs that could manipulate Soviet spies and foreign leaders, essentially a truth serum of sorts, right? Uh, the CIA brimmed with other ideas, too, but Director Alan Doles complained that there weren't enough human guinea pigs, unquote, to try these extraordinary techniques. I... I I'm fucking aside by myself. Human guinea pigs. Anyway. Yeah. The lack of test subjects drove the CIA to wander off the ethical deep end, which I'm sure they have many times, leading the agency to experiment on unwitting Americans. Roughly 80 institutions, 44 of them colleges, mind you, house MK Ultra Labs. There, the CIA toyed with drugs like LSD and heroin, testing if the substances could potentially aid in discrediting individuals, eliciting information, and implanting suggestions and other forms of mental control. The CIA tested LSD and barbiturates on mental patients, prisoners, and addicts, of course. It also injected yeah. LSD in over 7,000 military personnel without their knowledge. That's 
a fucked up day. I, my God, could you imagine? Wait, what happened? <laughs> could you like, imagine I mean, even, that out? even if it's, even if you're having a good day on it, if you don't know that you're on it, that <laughs> could be real fucking weird. <laughs> it could go south real quick. Many suffered psychotic episodes, um, which, duh. The CIA tried its hand at erasing people's memories, too. Uh, Project Artichoke tested how well hypnosis and morphine could induce amnesia. And when CIA wasn't trying to develop a memory-killing equivalent of the neuralizer from Men in Black, it studied Chinese brainwashing techniques. Uh, there was another project called Project uh, QK Hilltop. Examine ancient mind-scrambling methods to make interrogations easier. It's really wild, too. Uh, so Sirhan Sirhan, the guy that allegedly shot Robert F. Kennedy. Okay. Uh, he's always claimed that he was basically brainwashed, that he ah, that's right. didn't know how he got there, that he has no memory of shooting anybody, that like that's one minute right. he was like – I can't remember if he was – even in the neighborhood of the building, according to him or not. But like one minute he was nowhere near it. And the next minute he like heard gunfire and was being tackled and didn't know why. And like, and that's the story that he's stuck to since the moment they picked him up off the floor. That, it's no shit. I, I remember hearing bits and pieces, but I mean, could you met? Well, so here's funny again, side subject, um, patrons, you already have it. I believe in your queue if you haven't heard it, but uh, we did release an issue oddities where we talked about, you know, people that, kill other people sometimes they do it because they were crazy or you know whatever defense they have but dude do you know that there's a plethora of people who claimed they were hypnotized and that's why they did the murder and there's been a couple of court cases where they were um found innocent because it worked so you know hypnotism wow you know what else can it do just fucking crazy but yeah Anyway, um, in the wake of the Watergate scandal, the CIA destroyed hundreds of thousands of MK Ultra documents. Um, another quick side note. Sorry, folks. White House plumbers. If you haven't seen it on Max, it's fantastic. Same to you, Josh. It's really good. Um, Woody Harrelson's in it. it. It tells a whole Watergate thing, and it's fucking hilarious. Anyway, um, only 20,000 escaped the shredder, and the CIA shifted its efforts from mind control to clairvoyance, because why not? In the mid-1970s, it launched the Stargate Project, uh, which we also covered, where the government studied the shadowy phenomenon of remote viewing. We actually had a guest on, too, that was pretty phenomenal about uh, he was part of that project and what he did. Yep. Um, holy shit. You know, crazy. Uh, the project closed in 1995 with a final memo that concluded, even though a statistically significant effect has been observed in the laboratory, it remains unclear whether the existence of a paranormal phenomenon, remote viewing, has been demonstrated. I mean, if you had a statistically significant effect that was observed in the laboratory under control <laughs> conditions. Yeah, call me crazy. Uh, that seems pretty confirmed. This, this statement smacks of someone who's like, I don't care what data you have. This sounds like hooey and I don't believe it. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, exactly. But, but uh, I mean, it goes back to what we were talking about earlier, too, about uh, – well, we knew the Soviets were trying it, so yep, yep, it's funny. You know, we're gonna both uh, research it ourselves and also make sure they know we are, so they spend more money. Yeah, on. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so you know, you were right when you said we're gonna circle back because it's funny how this shit is so entwined, dude. Oh my god, fucking crazy. Yeah. Um, well, speaking of crazy, here's another one, and I don't need the government to ruin my reputation for me because I can do it all on my own. However, oh, yeah. have you ever been concerned that the government is trying to ruin your reputation and whether they, that was a conspiracy theory? Well, here we go, folks. <laughs> uh, the FBI has never been a fan of critics. During the second Red Scare, the Bureau fought dissenters launching a covert program called Pro. Its mission? to expose, disrupt, misdirect, discredit, or otherwise neutralize rebellious people and groups. So under Pro, the FBI oversaw 2,000 subversive smear operations. Agents bugged phones, forged documents, and planted false reports to create a negative public image of dissenters. Pro targeted hate groups like the KKK, but it also kept close watch on the new left, like civil rights marchers and women's rights activists. It tracked Muhammad Ali, Malcolm X, John Lennon, and even Ernest Hemingway, for fuck's sake. Because yep. that guy is a dangerous fucker. He's the most dangerous man in the world, as far as well, I can see. get him behind the wheel, he for sure is. Yeah, no, God. Dude, no. Let's not go down. Pretty much way. guaranteed to be drunk. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the time, constantly. Oh, my God. But few, however, will watch as closely as Martin Luther King Jr., 
So after MLK gave his famous I Have a Dream speech, this memo floated through FBI offices. Quote, In the light of King's powerful demagogic speech yesterday, he stands heads and shoulders over all other Negro leaders, but put together it comes to influencing great masses of Negroes. We must mark him now, if we have not done so before, as the most dangerous Negro of the future in this nation from the standpoint of communism, the Negro, and the national security. Unquote. Good thing to know that uh, one of the most powerful cops in the nation considered all of those things just an uh, existential threat to the country. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, are you so just are you talking about Hoover? Or, yeah. Yeah, 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 for sure. That guy. Holy shit. The fucking files he had on people. Well, he was nuts anyway. But ugh, I, I, I digress every it just it it uh, baffles me. Anyway, um, King became an unofficial enemy of the state. Agents tracked his every move, performing a complete analysis of the avenues of approach aimed at neutralizing King as an effective Negro leader. Uh, When a wiretap revealed King's extramarital affair, the FBI sent him an anonymous letter predicting that the blackmail was in his future. (laughs) Quote, this is a memo evidently. Really? Yeah, yeah, right. Um, You are a colossal fraud and an evil, vicious one at that, the letter said. A month later, uh, MLK accepted the Nobel Peace Prize. So fuck you guys and you haters, even though it didn't end well after the fact. Um, CoinTelPro shut down in 1971, although the FBI continued to monitor certain groups. In the 1990s, it tracked uh, PETA and put members of Greenpeace on its terror watch list because, holy shit, those fucking terrorists, right? Well, dude, uh, so CoinTelPro, uh, it legit makes me fucking angry. Oh, no. Um, oh, 100%. So, like... Uh, the, it may officially have ended quote unquote in 1971, but they kept using those tactics probably still do. Um, so, uh, (laughs) right after they sent him the letter expecting to expect blackmail, they also sent him a bunch of letters urging him to kill himself. Oh no, Uh, Dr. King. Oh yeah. The FBI straight up, straight up told him you should kill yourself. Uh, and, um, the King family had at this point successfully sued the FBI and one, uh, yep. Yep. Proving they were responsible for King's death. Mm -hmm. So, uh, fuck the FBI. (laughs) Um, also, uh, they used the same tactics, uh, to straight up murder Fred Hampton. Um, so like Hoover was obsessed with the idea of a black Messiah, right? That someone was going to come along and unite the new left and oh, he was scared to death. Yeah, yeah basically. Yeah. Oh, no. Other people besides fucking mediocre white men will be able to accomplish things in this nation. But heaven forbid. <laughs> um, so uh, after he went off about a new black messiah, one of the people that got put in his crosshairs was Fred Hampton. And he was just a kid. He was like in his 20s. But he was uh, the chairman of the Illinois Black Panther Party. Um and they were doing like typical Panther shit, like feeding kids. Like they had a, a, a breakfast program for, for kids in the neighborhood before yeah. school and stuff. And they were doing all the awesome community work that the Panthers did. Um, but they were also uniting uh, not just uh, poor urban black people, but Puerto Ricans with the young lords and uh, poor white folks. I forget what their particular organization was called, but Hampton referred to it as a rainbow coalition. Mm-hmm. So we brought all these marginalized groups of different ethnic backgrounds together of basically saying like, hey, we all want the same shit. We we, we want to do for our community what the government yeah. should do but isn't, you right, know, so right. they had like free clinics, all sorts of crazy shit. Um, and of course, the FBI decided that he was dangerous. Uh, so they uh, inserted an informant into the Black Panther Party. Of course. Um, they had this dude get really close to him and then they had him drug uh, Hampton when he got out of he did a stint in prison for being a badass yeah. um, and when he got out they were having a party at his apartment they had him um, they had the informant drug Fred Hampton uh, and then the Chicago Police Department which is a whole other evil organization especially at that time um, they together with the FBI raided his apartment shot pretty much everyone in it Jesus um, including Fred Hampton who was in bed next passed out from being drugged by his by the informant next to his pregnant girlfriend. Uh, he got wounded. Um, and then, uh, but was still pretty much unconscious, just laying on his bed and an FBI agent came up and, uh, fucking shot him in the head and made some fucking smart ass remark about him resisting arrest or something. I don't remember exactly what, um, but they, 
they straight up assassinated this kid. Yeah. Like, mind you, he was like 25 or 26, I think, when they God, killed him. Damn. That just um, fucking amazes me. It infuriates movie, me. Great movie came out about it a couple years ago. I think it's still on Max, Judas and the Black Messiah. Um, it's got Daniel Kaluuya as uh, as Fred Hampton. And Lakeith Stanfield plays the informant. I can't remember what the dude's actual name was, but it's okay. it's a really good movie. You will be pretty fucking mad by the end of it but i'll put that on my list i've been i've been actually i think it's on my list i've been wanting to see it i just you know it's it's amazing <sighs> fuck um and it's fucked up because like this is all out in the open and was out in the open at the time you know what i mean but it was like That's the late 60s me. early 70s yeah yeah so it was like nobody gave a shit yeah well and the whole thing is, you know i mean if we want to extend it to and and they cover this a little bit in the white house plumbers i was talking about with um uh, Woody Harrelson about the whole Watergate thing. The whole there was such a divide between the hippies or the people that just wanted fucking peace for a change, and your like you made a point. You know your your older white men in charge of the world. They think who were probably drunk, who were probably fucking drunk most of the time, and fucking around on their wives, and not paying attention to their kids or whatever have you. I it it just it 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 just blows my mind. You know that 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 whole era. And how we handled things, just insane. Well, yeah, I mean, like, Nixon and Kissinger were legit drunk pretty much 24-7. Oh, like, yeah, 100%. Oh, I, do I have... Oh, uh, no, I... De- there, okay, don't get me on Nixon. I, I got to think with Nixon, but I'll <laughs> cover it here in a second. Anyway, um, yeah, fucking crazy. Anyway, well, here's funny. You know, we talk about how... I, I don't want to use the word incompetent, but I'm going to. The government just is who the government is. They're not going to change anytime soon. They're going to change your tactics. They're going to evolve, whatever have you. But th- this is this is how far the government could go. The government is staging terror attacks, terrorist attacks on itself. <laughs> Here we go. This is great. And y'all thought we weren't going to talk about 9-11. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. Oh, God. In the early 1960s, the Joint Chiefs of Staff proposed the impossible, an American attack on America. Um, the plan suggested fake terrorist attacks on U.S. cities and bases. The goal, you ask? Well, of course, to blame Cuba and drum up support for the war. Officials called the proposal Operation Northwoods. The original memo suggested that we could develop a communist Cuban terror campaign in the Miami area, in other Florida cities, and even in Washington, unquote. Uh, Northwoods suggested the U.S. personnel could disguise themselves as Cuban agents, these undercover soldiers could burn ammunition and sink ships in the harbor at Guantanamo Bay. Um, quote, we could blow up a U.S. ship and blame Cuba, unquote, the memo said. <laughs> yeah, you believe that shit? Northwoods also included a plan to sink a boatload of Cubans en route to Florida, um, real or simulated, didn't really matter. You know, you could do it either way. Um, and suggested an incident which will demonstrate that a Cuban aircraft has attacked and shot down a charter civil airline. Officials planned a fake commercial hijacking, secretly landing the plane while an identical drone crashed nearby. When the attacks finished, the government would release indiscriminate uh, documents, basically, substantiating Cuban involvement. World opinion and the United Nations Forum should be favorably affected by developing the international image of the Cuban government as rash and irresponsible. And goddammit, look at those guys over there, what they're doing. But can you guess the end result? Uh, It's the... (laughs) It's the Cuban government that's rationally responsible, not us. Yeah, no shit, right? Well, go figure the end result of this whole thing. Um, President Kennedy at the time rejected the proposal. Like, no, you you guys have gone too far. We're, we're <laughs> not going to fucking do this. It, it's, it's insane, dude. Well, oh uh, speaking of the Kennedys, um, I don't remember if it was the Kennedy administration or the one just previous, and I don't remember who, who that was. Was that Eisenhower? No. Uh, Ford? I can't remember. I, I think, think it was Ford. I, uh, maybe it was Ford. No. No, Ford, Ford was, was Nixon. Nixon. Ford was after Ford. Nixon. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Um, anyway, uh, basically the Gulf of Tonkin incident, which happened right around the, that time, mm-hmm. um, is what basically took America's involvement in the Vietnam in Vietnam from uh, an advisory capacity to full-on military intervention. Guys right? evolved, yep. Yeah. Uh, Totally a false flag attack. Like, again, a conspiracy theory that's real that they've basically come out and admitted to, you know, 40 years later was uh, that basically I can't remember if the whole attack was faked um, or if it was an actual attack. But we 
attacked ourselves. I can't remember. I'd like uh, to say, I, and again, we're not going to quote because we haven't researched this, but I believe it was it was already initiated, but then we got on the bandwagon with it to drive it home, I, I believe is what that outcome was. I'm not 100% positive, but I think that's what happened. Yeah. But uh, neither here nor there. I mean, to the point, right? I mean. Yeah, we definitely did attack ourselves to uh, to further the goals of the military industrial yeah, complex. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and again, you know, we've done it over and over and I'm sure we wouldn't, I'm sure we'd do it again if we had the chance. Um, it's funny how money and power, uh, rule the world. Right. So there's that. Yeah. All well, right. So, uh, we're not really going to talk about nine 11. <laughs> <laughs> Just so anybody's nervous about that shit. Uh, but I would say that I think unlike some of these other pretty documented false flag operations, you know, whether they were carried out or not, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think 9-11 was in any other regard of that it was prevent- preventable, like certain branches and, and parts of government and law enforcement knew something was coming and probably could have stopped it if they were in communication with each other, but Agreed. they weren't. And that's yeah. just the way shit worked back then. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think I lean towards that without getting into the weeds with it. I think it was something that, you know, we, we, we should have paid attention. We didn't, there were some, you know, whispers out there of something occurring. We didn't react on it. And there you go. You know, aside from all the shit about, if our jet fuel can't melt steel da, 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 and all this fucking, you know, again, we're not getting in the weeds with the whole thing because, you know, but um, legitimately, I think it's just, you know, we should have paid attention. We didn't, you know, and it's the yeah. same thing with COVID. The guy that was in charge at the fucking time calling it the Chinese virus that caused um, uh, people to uh, beat the shit out of Asian uh, people in this country, yeah. which is, oh, isn't that fucking great? Oh, yeah, Chinese virus, the Chinese virus, you know. We, it it could have been a completely different story if we just would have fucking listened and paid attention and been proactive. I digress. Yep, whatever. and put other people in ahead of ourselves. But. Yep, yep, but, yeah, but, you know. Ain't that America, Ain't that America. you and me, babe. <laughs> Don't get that song stuck in my head. I'll never get it out. Okay, so here we go. We're almost wrapping up here. Uh, the government is manipulating the media. True or false? If you think the spinning on news channels today is bad, imagine what it would be like if the CIA still steered the ship. Under Operation Mockingbird, the CIA's sticky fingers touched over 300 newspapers and magazines, including the New York Times, Newsweek, and the Washington Post. Over 400 journalists were in cahoots with the CIA. They promoted the agency's views and provided services, spying in foreign countries, gathering intelligence, and publishing reports written by the agency themselves. Sometimes CIA head uh, Frank Wisner commissioned journalists to write pro-government articles at home and abroad. And as if a CIA spin weren't enough, the agency also paid editors to keep anti-government pieces off the presses. Journalists with ties to the CIA also planted false intelligence in newsrooms so that unconnected reporters would pick it up and write about it. The CIA teamed up with journalists because many reporters had strong foreign ties. Uh, A journalist reporting from abroad could gather information that the CIA couldn't, and he could plant propaganda better, too, at the end of the day. Although a congressional hearing in the 1970s put an end to inside jobs, Big Brother still manipulates uh, markets elsewhere, which is absolutely true. In 2005, the government spent $300 million placing pro-American messages in foreign media outlets and attempt to hamper extremists and sway support, and we have not stopped doing that yet. Not at all. And we like, won't. Uh, uh, no, I, I saw something on <coughs> – excuse me. I saw something um, going around Twitter a few weeks ago mm. that was basically like talking about how American cultural supremacy is is waning, like our influence around the world. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they were talking about it like it's a bad thing, which it wouldn't be. No. But also uh, – it was funny because like tons of people just responded to it with like pictures of McDonald's in like fucking Moscow and like, you know, <laughs> yeah. people drinking yeah, yeah, Coca-Cola yeah. in fucking Madagascar and shit. And we're like, yeah, we, yeah, things yeah, are yeah, definitely yeah. on the decline, you know, right, right, it was right. funny. But uh, the the DOD for sure um, still heavily influences entertainment and culture like pop culture in the U.S. Like, Absolutely. Uh, if you want any real military or defense equipment in your movie, um, the DOD has gets final say on your script. They get input into the production. They get uh, they they like have whole branches of service basically that are dedicated to uh, being the advisors on major mm-hmm. motion pictures, right? Like yeah. so, 
So if you you know, basically, if you want it to not look low budget, like you got all your shit for your movie from the Army Navy store, you know, like you even just want a fucking Humvee in your in your production, you're going to have to deal with the DOD and they get they 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 get an outweighed uh, say in how how the project turns out you know we did we did the same thing when i was in the navy even back in the navy days you know when we were because we my first ship i was stationed in yakuska japan so we went you know uh, singapore malaysia australia you know all the countries same thing you know it was just press spin every single time oh the american ships are coming in da 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 it just amazed me how much work and effort we put into that to keep our name golden you know in the eyes of other foreigners and the eyes of other countries um just you know, it's just it's it, it, number one. It's an exhausting game to play. I couldn't do it day in and day out. But you know, like to your point, there are groups of people that that's their job and that's what they do. So yeah, well, and I mean, it's yeah, it's 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 interesting when you think about it. Like pretty much almost all entertainment ends up being propaganda on some level. <laughs> so it's true, very true. It's yeah, weird, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. kind of a cynical way to look at it, you know. But it also like helps you kind of like not get suckered with that sleepy message of like USA, USA, you know, like, uh, and not just with that, but just like keeping your eyes open to the propagandistic aspects of entertainment and pop culture help you keep from getting swept up in like anything that might be weird about, you know, like Uh, believing, uh, you know, it's a good way to help keep your, yourself from getting carried away with something stupid. It it absolutely is. And, and a quick, and and we're wrapping up here. Sure. That's the last one that we have not saying that that's only conspiracy theories that may be true. There are a shit ton out there. These are just the ones that were kind of fun that we grabbed, Um, you know, keep your ears to the, to the ground on other ones because they're floating out there. Um, but for those of you who do a quick promotion for SU oddities, again, uh, we actually put one out for the patrons and it'll be in the normal feed here probably, you know, weeks down the road. But, um, talk about propaganda, same thing. Like back in the day, uh, Pepsi Cola went to Russia and, uh, calmed the guy down when him and the president were going to get in a fight and gave him a, a, a cup of Coke. And then before long, <laughs> Russia actually built like Coca-Cola plants in Russia. But yeah. when they unfolded on themselves in 89, when the Soviet Union kind of ceased to exist, they yeah. couldn't afford to keep the plants open at all. But they needed it because Coke was like the number one thing in Russia for a drink because of that gig that they did. And so Russia gave um, Pepsi fucking tanks, uh, you know, weapons, everything they had to try to keep their plants going. At one time, yeah. uh, Coca-Cola had the sixth largest army in the world because of what Russia was giving them to keep their it. Coca-Cola <laughs> plants open. Oh, it's fucking insane. Anyway. Well, it's like uh, a lot. the way a lot of the oligarchs over there got their start was uh, they were like the people that were running the the state-owned businesses, mm-hmm. you know, at the time, like the mines and the refineries and right, stuff. Right, and right. and uh, when the Soviet Union collapsed, they just seized them as their own. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't that, <laughs> like, is that funny how that works? Oh, my God. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Looking at all these conspiracies is just also kind of the ones that have that are real, too, uh, has just kind of made me wonder if we're like an actual country with an actual government or like three <laughs> security services yeah. in a fucking trench coat. You know what Right, I mean? right. Exactly. I mean, and honestly, some of the decisions that were made and, and even some of the decisions that, that uh, recently – uh, it's like, my God, who got who put you in charge? What kind of degree do you have? Because that makes no sense whatsoever. Oh, well, uh, I was in Skull and Bones with this other fucking dude. Exactly. exactly. Um, and we got drunk a lot together. And we're still yeah. getting drunk, which is how uh, you came up with most of these ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, like one thing that one takeaway, listeners, you should have for this is almost every one of these wild things that we talked about that really happened was planned. And if it was carried out, was carried out by people who were fucking drunk. All the time, which like, makes it even worse, day. and and the money that went behind it makes it even worse, and the taxpayer money makes it e- like the this is planned chaos. Yeah, you know, like I used it's to insane. think, I used to think that Madman, like Madmen, sorry, yeah, yeah, the yeah. show on AMC, like exaggerated that bit about that era, but they fucking did not. I like people just. Did. You know, you had your yeah. breakfast drink, you had your lunch drink, you had mm-hmm. your meeting drink. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, dude, Nixon was fucking trash half the time. Like, and he was one, he, all he wanted to do half the time to other countries when they, you know, spurred up was nuke them, nuke them, yeah. nuke them, nuke them. He got so fucked up one time, drunk, like just pass out drunk. And there was legitimately like a world scare that was happening. 
And they purposely did not wake him up because they wanted him to sober up the next morning to take care of the situation before it led to a nuclear <laughs> war. It, it's insane. You know, Kissinger, yeah. like your brother, same thing, you know. So anyway, I digress. But yeah, there you go, folks. There's um, <laughs> there's some fun conspiracy theories. Again, there are plenty more out there. Um, if you actually are wondering about a conspiracy theory, you know, you want to know if it has some legs or maybe when we miss it, you know, funner than the ones we talked about, you can write us at strangearcles at gmail.com. Let us know. I'd be more than happy to cover it. Again, you know, we really don't, uh, we don't sit on the bench with conspiracy theories because especially in in this day and age I, I personally feel i can't speak for you josh but i personally feel there's some very dangerous conspiracy theories um that are out there now and uh and it's not fun and and they can't lead to good results and so we tend not to kind of the same reason we don't cover you know serial killers and shit like that that are on death row still alive not going to give those guys a fucking soapbox um uh, you know same premise but anyway yeah but there you go. Um, what do you got on your side, man? Uh, well, you can find us at Strange Uncles um, Podcast. Sure. Yeah, at Strange Uncles Podcast on uh, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, I swear to God, I'll post there something from this season. <laughs> One of these days. Um, uh, we're at Strange Uncles on Twitter. We have a YouTube channel, which I believe is at Strange Uncles. Uh, yep. You can join the Patreon, patreon.com slash strange uncles. Um, you know, there's there's stuff. There are perks there's, to there's giving us your there. money besides helping us pay for the subscriptions we need to keep this shit going. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Well, and then with being talked about the Patreon thing, there's levels too. So, you know, you, you don't have to give us, I mean, give us your money by all means. But, you know, there's like a dollar level. So, you know, it, and it comes with like different bonuses, different things you can do. So, you know, you can pick and choose your tier, whatever you want to do with that. Um, and, and that provides bonuses. Uh, again, we talk about the issue oddities, which many of you, if you listen to this ep- the show, this regular show, I'm sure you've heard the issue oddities in between. Um, patrons get those first and foremost um, way before the other listeners do, and even some that we don't share with the, in the normal feed. So, and then bonuses. I did a really cool thing. Um, uh, nah, just look at me, fucking bright. It was fun. I want actually. I was want it us cool? To do one. Was it cool, Shane? <laughs> so, as much as we love movies, I actually uh, read a book about the um, Rob Zombie trilogy movie. You know, House of Thousand Corpses, Devil's Rejects, da da da. Um, and and I cover, we did it like a bonus episode of that uh, last year. Really fun to do. I'd love to do more. I'd love to get you involved, and we'll you know we'll we'll get together and we'll do some bonus things like that. But always fun stuff, and all that goes right to Patreon. So. Anyway, but more yeah, to so come. give us your money. So give us your money at the end of the day. Yeah, there you go. You know, <laughs> um, cool. We're going to wrap it up, man. I uh, hope you're doing good over there. I hope everybody else is doing good. And again, you know, try not to drink the Kool-Aid. Close the gates.